What can the NBA G League do to increase fan interaction as well as keep the talented players stateside? I've got my NBA expert joining me to explain it to you today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Game Time Guru. I'm your host, Shane Larson. And before we get started, you know the drill. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to Google Play Music, whichever platform you prefer. Find my podcast, The Game Time Guru with Shane Larson, and subscribe. It's easy, it's free, it takes 30 seconds. Please go and do that. It helps me out. And if you can leave a review, that'd be even better. Um, I also wanted to make a you know, uh, a comment regarding a new app that I've been using. I've, I've mentioned this before in the last podcast, but uh, I'm using an app called Anchor. And Anchor is basically the new Twitter slash Snapchat for audio and, and podcasts. So if you want to download the Anchor app and you can hear my daily quick takes that I talk about with just, you know, a, a group of individuals that are, you know, using the Anchor app, go there and find it. The name's the same, Game Time Guru with Shane Larson. Uh, you can find it and uh, listen in on the call-ins from other individuals that, that are on the shows, and they'll call in. We all just discuss it, and it's in audio format. Um, speaking of Anchor, uh, I'm actually joined today by a special guest who I actually met through that app because he has his own show. So today, I'm joined by the host of The Rebound, and his name's Victor. So, Victor, what's up, man? I appreciate you coming on to the show. Can you, you say a few things like who you are and where you're from? Hey, Shane, thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm really excited to be here. And, yeah, just a few quick things about me. I'm from the central coast of California. I was born and raised a Lakers fan. And I've been playing basketball ever since I was in the second grade. So I'm really passionate about it, and I've been watching it for a long time. And I love talking about it over on our station on Anchor. Awesome, man. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, The Rebound, and, and what got you interested in the podcast world? Because obviously you're a sports fan, but I want to know what got you interested in doing podcasts. Yeah, so for the podcast, I'm running a new one starting this month called The Daily Rebound Podcast, where I'll be talking about all 30 of the NBA teams. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because I wanted to still provide some content during this slow period between the NBA offseason and the NBA preseason now that summer league and the draft and most of the free agency news is over with. So I wanted to review each of the 30 NBA teams and give my takes on last year's results, as well as this next season's results predictions and where I think that each of these teams will be in their, in their conferences. And yeah, it's having a lot of fun doing it. I'm doing something similar with anchor like how you are using it and using it more of like a short take platform to just publish ideas real quick, thoughts and ideas and being able to connect with people like yourself. And it's been awesome to be able to chat with all these different people over on anchor. And I'm really happy. I was able to connect with you. Heck yeah, man. Same here. Um, I, I think it's awesome. The anchor app, if anybody is listening here and hasn't downloaded that app, I'm telling you to do so. Even if you don't run your own station, you can listen to a lot of people 
that are like interested in the same thing that you are, whether you're a sports fan or not, it doesn't matter. They have, they have stations for everything, but if you're a sports fan, we got tons of, tons of stations, tons of guys that are on there giving their insight. It's actually really fun. Whether you agree with each other or not, it's cool. You can call in and interact. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, it's been fun getting to know you as well as all the other guys. So, um, in regards to the daily rebound that you just referenced, um, where can the listeners find that podcast that you just are starting this month? So right now it's on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we will be making it available on Google Play and Stitcher as well. Just figuring out the last bit of details for those other two platforms. Perfect. Okay, so if you're listening in and you want to want to go on to the Daily Rebound, you can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud for the time being. Head on over there and subscribe. Subscribe to Victor's podcast. He's got knowledge. He is the NBA expert. So go and check it out. Now, where else can the listeners find you as far as like your social media platforms if they want to get the most in the NBA news from you? Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for promoting the, the podcast. Really appreciate that. But all of our other platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Periscope, we're at The Rebound FM. And I do try to post daily on each of those as well. And especially on Periscope, it's a live video streaming platform from Twitter. And there's been a lot of great people I've met over there as well. Kind of similar results that we're seeing over on Anchor in terms of interacting with other people and viewers. So it's really fun to hop on there as well. So there you go, guys. You know where to find him. Don't miss out on it. So if you didn't catch it, rewind it. Listen to what he just said, where you can find him. He's got a lot of platforms and he's got a lot of knowledge. So Go find him, follow him, and you'll get the NBA news that you're looking for. Now, speaking of the NBA, a topic that Victor and I are going to talk about today is regarding the G League, which was formerly known as the D League or the NBA Development League. Uh, G stands for Gatorade. It's the main sponsor of the now the the, the former Development League. But um, I want to, Victor, if you could just explain to the listeners first so that we know what we're talking about here. What was the idea behind this development league, the G League? What was the idea behind it? Why did they even create it? I think there was a multitude of reasons why they created it. I think David Stern, the commissioner of the NBA at the time, wanted to create a product similar to the Major League Baseball League, having a minor league for players to go and play in before they get to the majors. And I think that was the vision from the start. But now it's turned into sort of a different beast. It's mainly, I think, a way for players who don't really get as much of a chance to be in the NBA to try to showcase their skills and make a, either make a, a way to get in the minds of the NBA scouts to show off whatever their expertise is on the floor, whether it's passing, shooting, ball handling, uh, defense, rebounding. And I think it's a great way for those who are trying to make it in the league. And you might even have a better chance of playing in the NBA by going into this D league instead of playing overseas and such, which I know that we wanted to talk about a little later. And the other fact that it's available to 18 year olds and I think they're trying to push it to be a little bit more uh, advantageous for people coming out of high school to go and actually play for money and play in a work and play in the sport that they love instead of having to do the one and done 
in college because I don't think that's actually a good thing for the NBA the way it's set up right now. And so I think with the D, the D League, now the G League, they are going to be growing it even more. They did add quite a few more teams. They almost have one for each of the NBA um, parent teams and organizations. And I think that we're going to be starting to see a lot more of these type of games on TV and um, also in other stadiums around the country. Yeah, exactly. And, and to touch base on what, what you were saying, um, first thing, I like how you compared it to the, the major, sorry, the minor leagues in baseball. Like that was the idea behind it. Kind of give them the, you know, it's like a farm system in a sense of like, it was supposed to be like where you can go. Scouts can see it. And I, I that's, I think that's still the same idea um but what it has become is like there's a lot of younger guys um that are you know in the league which is what it was designed for but then there's also now it seems like at least in the last couple years a lot of like the former nba players or the guys in their quote-unquote last chance trying to get in um and they're staying stateside to try to get the easy transition but yeah the g league has like you said to to echo victor's point here they i mean We've got 26, I think, G League teams right now, and it's continuing to grow. And the idea is to keep these players stateside so that they can make the easier transition to the NBA because, one, it, they're affiliated with a specific NBA team. They And it's obviously, if you're playing overseas, you can't just hop on over, you know, on a couple, like a two hour plane ride or whatever it may be to go play and then whatnot. So, and, and, and it's kind of funny because uh, they try to run the same sets as your affiliate team so that when you, if you do get called up, you get the opportunity to like, you already know the system that you're running. It's not a whole different game, like, you know, playing international basketball. But um, the one thing that comes up is, and you mentioned the overseas thing is you'll see a lot of players. The reason that they're trying to change this G league to make it more appealing to these younger athletes is because you're seeing um, a lot of the younger players go overseas because of the money now victor do you know how much like the average g league player is making as of like just recently do you remember how like what the average is yeah so i I was looking it up and the there's two different types of payment structures so there's one where if you're a b level player they will pay you nineteen thousand five hundred dollars for the entire 50 game season and if you're an A-League player, they'll pay you $26,000 for the entire season. And with the addition of the new two-way contracts, which is something they just introduced this season, you will now be eligible for 45 days, I believe, to be able right. to make M- NBA-level money with the organization that you signed the two-way contract with. So say, like, a player signs with the Lakers, but then he goes and plays for the South Bay Lakers, then he's able to make NBA money while being the either 16th or 17th player on the roster without actually having to play. So he can get called up to be on the bench for a game or two or multiple games. And then while he's on the bench for the parent team, like the Lakers, they would actually be paying him much more money, which he can earn up to, I believe it's $100,000 in a season. So that is a lot better than what they were getting for the past 15, 16 years. And I think a lot more teams are going to be looking to do that now that the NBA has expanded their roster from 15 to 17. That still only gives about 60 more 
slots to the NBA as a whole. So there's a lot more players that are playing in the G League, but they're working on more ways to keep the players here in the U.S. Right. Okay. See, I I like that breakdown because the new two-way contracts is a great way to keep them here and get them at least excited about staying here in the States to play because before, like, the way the NBA is structured, you could sign like two 10 day contracts. If you made it onto a 10 day rot, like a 10 day contract on a team. And you'll see that from time to time. A lot of the players get those 10 day contracts. And apparently after I was researching it, some of those are worth $60,000, not every one of them, but you can make almost 60 grand in a 10 day contract. And then you can be signed for two 10 day contracts maximum, but like the chances of that actually happening are very slim. And so like a lot of those players were turned off by that idea because yeah, you have a lot of players in the, in the G league, the, the developmental league and they, uh, they, they're, it's never guaranteed. Whereas like if you go overseas, you're making 60 to a hundred thousand dollars and it's a guaranteed contract. It's tax free. And, uh, you're pretty much the star over there and it doesn't matter. So a lot of the players were choosing the money the guaranteed money rather than this. So I think that two way contract is a great way to get the players there, which therefore will get more fans in the stadium. Now, okay. Tell me the truth. Have you been to a, a developmental league game before um, for your, for the Lakers affiliate? You know, I haven't, they used to have it here in Bakersfield, which is about two hours away from me, but LA is, about two and a half. So I, I actually never went to the uh, Defenders, which is what they were at the time, uh, in Bakersfield. But I thought that was pretty cool that they did have one at least close by and in, a, I guess, kind of a random city in California. But I thought that was kind right. of cool. But I never did get to go watch. Okay, so here, that's, that's, it's, it's interesting because here in Boise, Idaho, we had a team. Um, that used to be the affiliate of the Jazz and the Blazers, which was the Idaho Stampede. And we had them forever. And it was just this last year that they got rid of the Stampede and they actually moved them to Utah because um, it was closer to the Utah Jazz. So we had the Idaho Stampede for the longest time. And one of the major issues, the, the main reason that they actually left, it wasn't just to be closer to the Jazz. It was because they didn't have fans. Now, the, the, the stadium they play in here in Boise, it's literally like 10 minutes from my house. The stadium they played in, has 5,000 seats. It's where our, our little, whatever, the minor league ECHL hockey team, whatever, plays as well. So we couldn't fill like 1,000 seats in that in that arena for the, the Stampede games. And that was what was really the, the turnoff. The fans weren't coming to the games. Um, it was just ridiculous. We'd get like free tickets from my work and go there. And like there's like they had to find ways to get fans in there by giving them like Astro jumps for the kids to go play on during the middle of the game. It was just ridiculous. So, and then another thing was <laughs> we had Antoine Walker. Okay. Like we're talking about old Antoine Walker when he tried to make his comeback to the NBA. And this was just like three, four years ago. He was playing for the Stampede. So that they were like, okay, cool. We have this guy who's way past his prime, but you know, he's a good player. We know who he is. You'd think there'd be a lot more people at the games. Well, when you go and watch him, you know, maybe one time we went and watched him. I was like, I got to watch Antoine Walker. He was actually one of my favorite players back in the day. Uh, I go and watch him, and it was so sad to watch him play. He was terrible. It was awful. We ended up losing by 20. He was not even close to what he used to be. He's like an old man playing with young kids, just doesn't move down the floor. And that was essentially what ended up happening. So the D League or the G League was having problems in some of the cities, I should say, not every one of them, but with fans, fan interaction, trying to get people to those games. So I think 
this this whole idea of like yeah the two way contracts just things that are more appealing adding the more more, more uh, steps to the or sorry more spots on the roster like you said moving it up to 70 these little things they're making good steps and good progress in bringing these guys to these teams so that they can make the step to the NBA um it's awesome have you ever had like have you ever watched like a college player though Victor that like you you just keep an eye on him does anyone come to mind when you say like oh he was a great college player and then you don't hear about him later like after he leaves college, like have you ever? Yeah, a lot of players, to be honest, a lot of them, and it's sad because sometimes that college game doesn't translate well into the NBA. And I would say there's a lot of players throughout the college game that maybe it hurt them more by going and playing in the one year and getting hurt and then losing out on the chance to play in the NBA. I think that's happened more often than not, and there, there's there's so many of them. I can't even name them all, but I, I do know that the way that the thing is set up right now for the NBA, for them not allowing 18-year-olds to be able to play at that age is not the right way that they handle the situation. I think David Stern really shot himself in the foot for doing that. And I think if Adam Silver was in charge when that decision was being made, that probably would not have went through. And I really hope that they reverse it because I, I always hear the comparison between if you come out of high school, you can go get a job anywhere basically when you're 18 and for you to have the chance to go play for for uh, play a sport you love for money and not being able to basically being taken away from you. Uh, I just think that is just wrong, you know, and I, yeah, I'm not too happy with the way that the one and done is going right now in the NBA, but yeah, back to your question. I think there um, is quite a few players who probably would have been in the league by now and probably would have stayed in the league much longer than we um, than we had seen them not even make it to the to the actual league. I think Marcus Page recently, who played in the North Carolina championship game last season, they lost to Villanova, um, but then North Carolina did win it this last year here. But he was a good example of someone who I thought was going to go to the NBA, but he just kind of didn't get drafted, kind of sat out all year and now he's trying to make a comeback or make a play to get in the NBA. I saw him during summer league. And so there's a couple players like that. I think, um, especially right now who might be getting looked at, but didn't get drafted necessarily. It's, it's funny you mentioned Marcus page because I think the jazz took him as a, as a free agent or whatever. Um, and he was like the fourth point guard on the roster when he came out of college. And I was actually hoping he'd make the roster for the jazz last year. And he didn't, um, he's one of them I was thinking of. So it's crazy. You said that. And I promise listeners, we didn't even actually talk about this before we started the podcast. So that's actually funny. You said that. So, um, something else that came to mind. So I've been watching. So in regards to this, I should say, I've been watching the, it's called the basketball tournament on, uh, ESPN. It's the $2 million tournament. Uh, it's the third year they've been doing it or fourth. I don't know. I don't know. It's a couple years that they've been doing it now, but the, it's a winner take all tournament five on five. And a lot of the old alumni teams, they put teams together that used to play in college. So like, my Buckeyes, Ohio State, they put it, their team together, the Scarlet and Gray, and and that was their team name. They just lost in the semifinals tonight because we're recording this on a Tuesday. But, yeah, they lost in the semifinals tonight, and overtime was devastating. But uh, 
They had Aaron Kraft, uh, William Buford, Diebler. Uh, Jared Solinger is actually playing for him now as well. And then uh, John Diebler. Like, all these guys. I was like, where did these guys go? Like, I hadn't seen them for like three or four or five years because they were all in the Final Four team. Um, well, Diebler was on the Sweet 16 team that lost to Kentucky. But then, yeah, like Aaron Kraft, Solinger. These guys were on the Final Four team. Had no idea where they went. Well, they were talking about it on ESPN and they're like, yeah, well, Kraft, he made his time in the D-League. He, he tried. Um, he was actually, I guess, Defensive Player of the Year in 2015 in the D-League, playing for Santa Cruz, the Warriors affiliate or something. And then, yeah, Solinger, obviously, was out of the NBA after a couple of years. And then John Diebler or whatever. He, Diebler went overseas, and he's been playing there ever since he graduated. I had no idea what ever happened to that guy. Best three-point shooter I've ever seen. And he was he's overseas. Buford's overseas. Everybody went overseas because – they were getting the money, and even Aaron Kraft joined over there because, like you said, the money in the D League or the G League, whatever, was so low. I mean, think about it for yourself. So he's playing in California. You're from California. Victor, how much will $26,000 get you in California? Oh, my gosh. You can make more at McDonald's. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so that's the crazy part. It's like I, I still can't believe that they're getting paid that much. Even right now, I think that, like, yes, their job – is seasonal technically with only 50 games, but you know, you can't expect someone to survive off of that for an entire year. And it's almost like back when the NBA first started and Bill Russell was working a day job and then coming in the NBA at the nighttime and playing for NBA championships. It's crazy. It's, it's almost identical to that same scenario. That is insane to me. It's that is absolutely insane. So, like, just to put that into perspective, that's why I asked that question is because we got to put that into perspective. Like, these guys are trying to play professional basketball, and like, and and you want to try really hard. And Aaron Kraft was the old point guard at Ohio State that could just play defense, lock down. He tried his hardest every single game. I mean, he was a hustler, and he always keeps trying. So, like, I kept thinking he was going to keep fighting, fighting, fighting. He was playing in the summer leagues the last two years, trying to make a roster, but like, eventually, like. He decided, man, I got to go get some money. And if overseas is going to be paying me and I don't have as many opportunities here, I'm going to go get some money. And, like, I mean, I'll, I'll take 60000 over 26000 you know what I mean? Um, so that's that's part of the problem. And it's the same with women's basketball because a lot of the women, their average salary is, I think, $36,000 a year. And the max is, like, one hundred and three, unless you have endorsement deals. There's a few, There's a few like, Candace Parker. I did a podcast on it before, but there's a few that make a little more than that because they have endorsements. But the majority are making... Thirty-six to fifty thousand dollars a year, so they make the the rest of their money by playing overseas. Like Diana Taurasi would go overseas, so it's it's this whole thing that like Europe and all the 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 Euro leagues over there, they pay the players a lot of money because they want to see that talent come over there. So now we're trying to pull that here into the United States, and I think for the the exact reasons that you mentioned, those two way contracts, the roster spots, like we already talked about, they're trying to get fans engaged, and a, a lot of that. I think they're doing that by putting more teams to go with the affiliates, you know, the more affiliates with each team. So we're at 26. We've got a few more to go. I think once you have one team, one G league team for every NBA team, I think it's, you're going to see a lot more fan engagement. So they're getting there and I hope that they can do it because I want to see, I would love to see Aaron craft in the United States. Those, those kind of players, I would rather see those guys here, those D blurs, the guys that I used to watch at Ohio State, I would much rather see them here. I forgot about them, and that was my favorite team. So I would love to see them here rather than, you know, playing overseas. Yeah, I agree. I think that the the G League really needs to figure out a way to 
market a little better too, I think, because part of the reason why players aren't getting paid as much is because of the attendance at the games. And if they're able to figure out a way to get more people in the doors, and part of the reason being the cities that the G League teams are in, um, I know some of them are close to big markets, but a lot of them are kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I, I don't know who made those decisions for the locations of the arenas that they are playing in, but I think that they need to do a much better job of getting people in the door to watch these games. Exactly. And do you think that they're on the way to do that though? Like in, for your, like, you know, you're around the sport a lot. What's your thoughts? Do you think the G league is growing that it's got potential to, to get these guys here? Are they making the right moves? I think they're on their way. They're still pretty far away from it being mainstream, I believe. And I, I still think there's a few more steps they need to take to make it much bigger and to generate a much bigger fan base as well. I'm with you on that. Totally agree. Um, I think if you can get the money there, there's a lot of steps, like you said, that have to be taken to get the money there. But I mean, the NBA has so much money. So I don't, I don't understand. I think what I read was like the, the NBA, the G league affiliates, like each team is worth roughly 5 million, but like the NBA is making so much money that I think if you could, you know, filter that out a little bit more down to your quote unquote minor league or farm system teams. Like you would get like the Jimmer Fredettes who are getting $1.8 million over in China. I mean, put him over in Utah on that squad and pay him something decent. So he stays in Utah near where he was playing college ball at. You're going to get fans of that game. No joke. I mean, those kinds of players like that, you put them, if you put Aaron Kraft and a couple of those guys on the Canton charge over in Ohio, which is the Cavaliers affiliate, I guarantee you're going to get people at that game. Like it's the little things they could do to, to put these players where they should be and get the fans behind it. I think they're on their way, but I actually really agree with you on that, man. Uh, it's a little ways away, but they're making the changes that are necessary to get that, uh, that developmental league up and going. Um, but before, before we get going, uh, to finish up, Victor, you're our, you're our NBA expert. So I'm going to go through a list of questions here and they're just, I'm going to fire them off at you. And I want you to answer these for our listeners to just, you know, give your own opinion because you're the expert and I want everybody to hear your thoughts. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) All right. So the first two questions, who would you rather build your team around? Assuming they are both in their prime. First one, LeBron James or Kevin Durant? LeBron James. Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving? Steph Curry. All right. Yes or no, Gordon Hayward will help the Celtics get to the finals this season? Yes. Yes or no, Lonzo Ball will be the rookie of the year? No. Which team is most likely to knock the Warriors out of the playoffs? None of them. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, okay, okay. Who, Who is the best coach in the NBA? Greg Popovich. All right. Which team that missed the playoffs last season will make it this year? Minnesota Timberwolves. Kyrie Irving will end up with which organization? The New York Knicks. Okay. Best player in NBA history to never win a ring. To never win a ring. Tracy McGrady. Which city in the United States would you love to see have an NBA franchise? I would say Seattle. Bring one back to them. Bringing it back. Okay. And to finish up, man, the question of them all, Victor, who is the greatest of all time? Michael Jordan. (laughs) Okay. You're going to get a lot of people hating you on that one, but I like it. All right. Well, everybody, that was Victor. Again, go check out his podcast. 
The Daily Rebound can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, his his podcast, The Rebound, can be found on Anchor. But follow him on all of his social media networks that he, he listed earlier. And uh, hopefully we can have him on for another show. Victor, I appreciate you coming. Do you have any final words? I just want to say thank you so much, Shane. And I appreciate you having me on. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to listen to our conversation. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much, Shane. Yeah, no problem, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right, man?